Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 17 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. This episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. Heavy rain at the end of July 2019 left many places in the United Kingdom flooded. By August 4th, the weather seemed to be improving, with sunshine trying to pierce the rain clouds between showers. The Tate Modern, an art gallery in Bankside, positioned on the south bank of the River Thames in London, seemed the perfect place to spend the day soaking up culture in England's capital. A family of three, a mother, father and their six-year-old son who were visiting from France, blended in with others as they queued to get inside the popular attraction to see art exhibitions spread over several floors. There were crowds of children that summer. School holidays had started a couple of weeks before. Entry to the majority of the museum is free. A minimal charge is applied for a few exhibitions, making it a popular destination at that time of year. A broad-looking teenager with cropped hair also decides to visit that day. 
he is alone and makes a beeline for the balcony on the 10th floor. The 10th level of the Tate Modern has a viewing balcony where visitors can take in scenic views of the city. It was also a place to pick up some refreshments. Children with endless energy and enthusiasm ran around. Not many people took notice of the 17-year-old loitering. Later, when CCTV footage was analysed, it was evident that he had trailed behind some children intermittently peering over the railings, seemingly to look at the hard concrete ten floors below. The family visiting from France were also on the top floor at this time, their little boy enjoying the sights on his holiday, happily skipping ahead of his parents. Their son appeared safe, only a few paces in front of his mother and father. But what occurred in the span of several seconds changed their lives irrevocably. At just six years old, the little boy was lighter and more vulnerable than the slightly older children Jaunty Bravery had followed before. Along with his parents, the child was oblivious to the immediate danger he was in. Bravery seized the opportunity. It was something he planned. His size made it easy to pick the six-year-old up off the floor. Without hesitation, the teenager carried the child to the railings and hurled him over the edge. A split-second movement created a wave of panic through the tenth floor, the boy plummeting head first. Maybe he heard the screams of sheer horror growing faint as he fell so fast, further and further away from the balcony. However, none of these sounds came from the attacker. CCTV pictured jaunty bravery at the scene. He smiles as he backs away from the metal railings. His arms raised as if to surrender, almost like a childhood game. He begins to laugh and shrugs his shoulders. The footage also captures the young boy's parents. A look of blind panic is clear on their faces. Nothing like bravery. The two different emotions are as conflicting as night and day. The father of the child confronts the person who just threw his son off the balcony. Are you mad? He shouts. Yes, I'm mad, Jaunty Bravery replies. Bravery seeks out a member of staff in the growing crowd and matter-of-factly tells them, I think I've murdered someone. I've just thrown someone off the balcony. A witness to the incident restrained Bravery while they waited 20 minutes for the police to arrive and make an arrest. In this time, Bravery lays the blame for his actions at the feet of social services.
when emergency services arrived, the priority was attending to the victim. A young body plummeting from such a height would have undoubtedly meant death, and Bravery's statement to a member of staff straight after the incident shows he believed it to be so. The paramedics thought the boy to be dead, and under most circumstances he would have been. But he had some luck on a day that was every parent's worst nightmare realised. Despite being thrown off the tenth floor, he only fell half that height. The slant of the roof on the fifth floor stopped him from going any further. The six-year-old was alive, but barely. Falling five floors was more than enough to kill anyone. He was in a critical condition needing urgent medical attention, so was airlifted to the hospital. What was planned as a dream vacation had turned into a torturous ordeal. Every day and night the boy's parents were at the Royal London Hospital, a million miles away from happily catching the sights of the capital as they had envisaged. Incredibly, the child, who could not be named for legal reasons, eventually defied the odds surviving catastrophic injuries which included a broken arm, broken legs, fractures to his spine and a bleed on the brain. By September, the six-year-old was stable enough to be moved to a hospital in France. There was a long and challenging road ahead for the child and his parents. Their lives were turned upside down. They had to abandon the life they once led before coming to London and dedicate every waking moment to the care of their son. The boy's parents later issued a statement that was widely reported. We were forced to sleep in very rough conditions in the family room of one of the hospitals on a mattress on the floor in a draft before finding an Airbnb nearby offering better sleeping conditions and a place where to finally put down our things. In all, we've stayed in eight different accommodations so far and are about to move once more. We have been so scared of losing him that now it is impossible for us to spend more than a few hours away from him. Raw and angry about what happened to their child, they said they would like to, quote, slap the person who carried out the attack. Our son lives in fear of meeting other villains in his life. Soon after a child nearly lost their life, a spokesperson for the Tate Modern released a statement. A full security review was undertaken as would happen after any major incident and we continue to follow best practice guidelines to keep the public safe. At the time of this recording, the balcony at the Tate Modern is closed. While in police custody, John T. Bravery, just 17 at the time, was candid about his motivation for the crime. 
He wanted everyone to know. He desired to prove to the people that doubted him that he had mental health problems. Bravery said he wanted to make a point to quote, every idiot who said there was nothing wrong with him. Bravery was eager to know if the incident would be broadcast on television. He later explained, I wanted to be on the news. Who I am and why I did it. So when it's official, no one can say anything else. By mid-October, Jaunty Bravery was moved to Broadmoor Psychiatric Hospital. The public were bewildered as to why a little boy on holiday with his parents would be the victim of an attempted murder in a public place by a stranger. Someone referred to as Vicky D was so moved by the family's ordeal, she set up a GoFundMe page to raise money for the parents and their son. She wrote... The hope is that this campaign may raise some funds to enable him to receive gold standard medical care and rehabilitation. The road ahead to recovery will undoubtedly be a long one, and we want to show the family support every step of the way throughout this. Please give whatever you can in order to support a family in what is certain to be the most challenging of times. I would like to state that when I set up the fund, I did not personally know the family. However, I am now in contact with the parents on a periodic basis. Many people donated through the website leaving compassionate messages of support. One read, I'd like to express my enormous sympathy for the little boy and his parents and my shame at his awful experience. I send my very best wishes to the family and they should know that I would do anything to help. Another echoed the sentiments of all people who were leaving donations. They wrote, This dreadful event happened to a visitor to our country and I feel we need to help this family. Jaunty Bravery turned 18 on October 2nd, two months after he threw a young boy from the 10th floor of the Tate Modern building. Prior to the attack... For two years, Bravery was in the care of Hammersmith and Fulham Council. They subcontracted the work to an experienced private care provider named Spencer and Arlington. Bravery had complex needs. Autism, a personality disorder and obsessive-compulsive disorder which combined together made him a unique and challenging case. His parents managed his care to his mid-teens, although they had separated when he was three and had gone on to start new families. Piers Bravery, Jonty's father, raised funds for a special needs centre years before the attempted killing at the Tate. He said the care his son received was from a place of understanding and kindness. 
Peer's bravery had campaigned for more help and awareness for autism. He loved his son, but as Jonty bravery grew, managing his behaviour became more and more of a challenge. It was a constant struggle for family and teachers. This came to a head in late 2017, when, aged 16, he was sectioned under the Mental Health Act. He stayed in the hospital for six weeks before he started a new chapter in his life. Semi-independent living. Bravery relocated to a property in North Holt, West London. He had round-the-clock care and moved in to council accommodation where a team of up to six people, working in pairs, provided supervision all hours of the day. The staff had a demanding time with bravery. A neighbour said they had witnessed the teenager kick a hole in his front door after a loud argument with one of his carers. It was claimed bravery smeared feces around his flat if he did not get what he wanted. The teenager had also been witnessed running through the estate where he lived naked after escaping the supervision of his carers. Journalists from the BBC managed to talk to several of Jonty Bravery's former carers. One claimed that after a while of living in the flat, Bravery's behaviour began to settle. Gradually, he was permitted to go out of the property alone. These new freedoms were allowed despite several major incidents. Bravery attacked one of his carers in a fast food restaurant, and there was also a decidedly more alarming issue that came to light. Bravery had told the carer that he wanted to throw someone off of a tall building. Naturally concerned and wanting a witness, the carer asked a second fellow employee to bear witness to their client saying it while a recording was made. When this information was published in the press, the carer that initially heard bravery confess to wanting to hurt someone in this way was given the false name of Ollie. He told the Daily Mail, You could tell when Jonty was about to do something because there were always signs when he was plotting. A lot of eye contact, a lot of aggression. Jonty's aim was not to make your day tricky, but if you got in his way, he would make it tricky. He was always scheming. We worked in pairs, not so much because Jonty was violent, but because he was highly manipulative and could easily manipulate a lone carer. The carer spoke about the recording he made, although this was not the first time he heard bravery talk in such a violent manner. Ollie went on to say, There were a few instances regarding trying to hurt people, life-wrecking incidences that he had planned in his head. In the interview with the Daily Mail, Bravery's former carer claims to have not kept the recording to just himself, also reporting it to a senior member of staff as a matter of urgency. 
However, both the senior member of staff and their employer, Spencer and Arlington, deny this ever took place. With Spencer and Arlington releasing a statement in which they said there was absolutely no evidence that John T. Bravery told his carers what he planned to do. However, the BBC released the recording made by Ollie in the autumn of 2018. So in the next um, in the next few months, it has to be, the latest has to be by February in my head, yeah, but ideally I want to do it before. If I could do it right now, I would. Mm-hmm. I've got it in my head, a way, to, a way to kill somebody, and then I know for a fact I'm going to go to prison if I do that. So... I want to one day meet up with my with my dad and say it could just be a friend. It could, it could could be anyone, but I'm just saying specifically what I've got in my head, and then and then go out and go out for the day casually and just go out to, just go out to central London just for the day out, you know, just as if we're having a normal day, and then go and visit some of the landmarks. It could be the Charlotte, it could be anything. It could be as long as it's a high thing and we could go up and visit it, and then push one of push somebody off it and I know for a fact they'll die from falling from a hundred feet. A spokesperson from Spencer and Arlington said they looked at John T. Bravery's care plan and other documentation relating to his welfare, including reports from care staff. They could find no proof in these documents of what Ollie was claiming. However, they appreciated how serious the situation was and the, quote, gravity of his claim. They voluntarily submitted the details to the Care Quality Commission and the local authority for an independent evaluation. The incident followed what was seen as a recent improvement in Bravery's behaviour when he requested time alone to visit the Tate Modern a request which was subsequently granted by a manager tasked with overseeing Bravery's welfare. That day was August 4th, 2019. A witness to the attack on the six-year-old boy, the person that helped restrain Jonty Bravery while they waited for emergency services, said there did not seem to be a care worker supervising. Ollie explained to the press how he perceived John T. Bravery's behaviour. His comments were widely reported. John T. was very challenging and complex. He could be nice, but was also highly manipulative and very difficult when not getting his own way. He was constantly trying to get out of the house, get access to females, get on to the internet. Ollie later said in his statement, You can't say no to Jonty. It was written in his care plan. If you say no, it will trigger him to do the complete opposite of what you told him not to do. It would aggressively work him up, and the situation would get more out of hand. Four months after the awful tragedy that saw their son plummet five floors, barely clinging to life, his parents told the press about his progress. They explained how he found it difficult to describe the pain he was in. He was unable to call out and could barely sleep because of the excruciating injuries. 
his parents thanked their supporters and in a message that was published by all major news outlets, they said, Life stopped for us four months ago. We don't know when or even if we will be able to return to work or return to our home, which is not adapted for a wheelchair. The couple added, We are exhausted. We don't know where this all leads, but we go on. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Jonty Bravery was sentenced in June 2020. He appeared via video link from Broadmoor. Bravery was deemed fit to plead and that he understood what he did and the consequences. The legal proceedings were overseen by Judge Mrs Justice McGowan. In the midst of the COVID pandemic, social distancing measures were strictly adhered to in the courtroom onlookers staying two metres apart. The 18-year-old admitted a charge of attempted murder in December of the previous year. It would have been hard to deny with the CCTV footage from the museum and various eyewitness accounts. But the case was not cut and dry. During mitigation... Pippa McAtasney QC, who was acting on behalf of Jaunty Bravery, called attention to the fact that at the time of the attack, her client was under the care of Hammersmith and Fulham Council. 
the defence barrister explained that bravery has autistic spectrum disorder, obsessive-compulsive disorder, and a personality disorder. Since the middle of October, he had been held at Broadmoor Hospital. And referencing the plans that his client made and how he had told his carers, McAtasney highlighted the recording of the conversation which had been published by the BBC. She spoke about her client's relationship with his parents and how they had strived to improve the quality of his life, securing a managed environment where he could stay. McAtasney went on to say, They had no inclination their son would commit such a shocking crime. Those responsible for his care never communicated the contents of the shocking, prophetic recording that was revealed through the media. Deanna here representing the Crown said the victim of Bravery's attack was a whisper away from a murder. The prosecutor explained how Jonty Bravery had plotted to commit such an act for a long time. There was a search history of murder methods on the computer he used, though he could not decide on where or who. Deanna here said he narrowed it down to three possibilities, strangling a woman or a child, drowning a child, or throwing someone off a tall building. The case raised many issues. John T. Bravery's care needs were complex. Still, at the same time, he had committed an atrocious crime. It was not a question as to whether he should be detained, but a question of where Bravery would be better placed in the long term. A hospital or a prison. There were moments during the sentencing hearing when Jonty Bravery appeared focused. Other times he seemed distracted and fidgety. At one point he could be seen with his t-shirt pulled over his head. Even though Bravery had avoided criminal convictions previously, he still had a record of violence. His care workers tended to bear the brunt of these attacks. The court were reminded that on one occasion when in a Burger King fast food restaurant in Brighton during April 2019, he lashed out. This was only four months before the attempted killing. A consultant forensic psychiatrist at Broadmoor Hospital provided her recommendation about Bravery's future. Dr. Joanna Dow said she believed that Bravery had a mixed personality disorder. She explained he found it difficult to manage his emotions. The court was told mixed personality disorder includes traits from two or more personality disorders. In Dr. Dow's professional opinion, Jonty Bravery would be better treated in a hospital setting where he could receive specialist help with issues like anger management and interaction skills. As the judge was deciding on a suitable sentence, she was read a victim personal statement written by the child's parents. 
They wrote of how they could not express the horror and fear they felt. How hard it was explaining to their son why he was in the hospital and the strain the incident had put on their lives. Quote, How can one explain to a child that someone deliberately tried to kill him? How can he now ever trust mankind? How can he not see in every stranger a potential villain who could cause him immense pain and suffering? Judge Mrs Justice McGowan addressed Jonty Bravery and explained in detail the reasons why she came to the conclusions she did. She first highlighted to Bravery that he had searched online for information about killing people and the potential methods he could adopt. Bravery was aware enough of his actions. He also looked into what reduction in the sentence he might get because he had autism. Highlighting the plight of the victim and his parents, the judge said the injuries were horrific. The boy's life would never be the same again, as he was likely to be 100% care-dependent for a considerable period of time, most certainly during the next 12 months. Describing the statement made by the child's parents about the devastating impact on the whole family, the judge said, They have spoken with great dignity about their bewilderment and horror and their suffering. They have been forced to leave their home and jobs as their son is being cared for in a hospital too far away from their home. They have given up their lives to care for their son. Moving on to address the differing opinions as to how exactly John T. Bravery's care should be managed. Mrs Justice McGowan explained the views from expert physicians. They had been asked to provide reports on the type of treatment bravery should receive. Dr Joanna Dow was the treating clinician. She had told the court there was a position available under maximum security conditions in Broadmoor Hospital. Dr. Dow reaffirmed the conclusion that Bravery had an autism spectrum disorder and a personality disorder. The doctor said that there was an overlap between the two diagnoses which made the situation complex. The doctor felt that an immediate hospital order was needed because of the danger Bravery posed to the public. Dr. Dow recommended a hospital order with restriction on Bravery's release. Judge Mrs Justice McGowan informed Bravery of what Dr Dow had proposed. Quote, she recommends that course because therapeutic measures are available in hospital and in her view detention will not provide the best environment for any prospect of rehabilitation that there might be in your case. She says that treatment available would be individually tailored in Broadmoor but would be more general in custody. She fears that someone with your complex needs would not fare well in custody. You are vulnerable. You are still only 18 and there is still the potential for further development that could be prevented or restricted by detention in prison. Our initial view that you would not cooperate has altered because you have demonstrated a greater willingness to engage with the clinical team. 
He commends very strongly the need for consistency in care and the team that provides that care. She has described how the pattern of care and control at Broadmoor can be modified immediately as a response to your behaviour. Dr. Dow compared the treatment available in Broadmoor to prison and did not believe that even in a specialist unit, bravery could receive the level of care needed. The doctor felt that he would be able to manipulate the system to his own ends. The judge told bravery, Autism spectrum disorder cannot be treated but Broadmoor would be better able to educate you to be better able to manage your personality disorder, in particular those aspects of your disorder which means you have little or no control over your violent behaviour as a reaction. She recognises the realistic possibility that you could remain in hospital forever without any or any meaningful progression. If a hospital order was made and you refused to engage... It would be open to you to apply for release on the basis that no treatment was available. Dr. Dow testifies that release would not automatically follow from that because a broader treatment regime would always be available, and therefore you would not succeed in such an application. That refusal to engage could manifest in annual applications to the Tribunal for Release. Her opinion is that a hospital order with restrictions would provide public protection, as you could not be released without the approval of a tribunal taking into account the views of the Secretary of State. In her view, it is hard to envisage that you would ever get beyond the stage of medium security. Dr. Joanna Dow's conclusions were supported by a second physician, Dr. Murray, as was required when making an order under the Mental Health Act. However, another physician, Dr. Nigel Blackwood, felt that while bravery's personality disorders overlapped, they could be separated. Dr. Blackwood concluded the presence of an autism spectrum disorder did not explain the offending. The violence in the offence tended to suggest psychopathy. According to the doctor, therapy and medical care would be available if bravery was moved back and forth between prison and hospital, which would provide better flexibility to those tasked with caring for bravery. Both doctors recognised that jaunty bravery presented a grave and immediate danger to the public. The judge voiced her thoughts as to the challenges of handing down a fair sentence. I am afraid that the prospects of rehabilitation are not high in this case, whichever of the two alternatives I follow. That being so, public protection and the requirement for punishment play a greater part in the process. That might be so, if there was a better prospect of rehabilitation. When Mrs. Justice McGowan reached her decision, she told John T. Bravery, In my view, detention is the appropriate course in this case. That is to reflect the need to protect the public, to mark the terrible thing you have done with a penal sanction, and insofar as is possible, to offer support for any prospect of rehabilitation 
if such a prospect is ever viable. John T. Bravery was handed a life sentence with a minimum term of a decade and a half. The judge was quick to point out that, quote, I cannot emphasise too clearly that this is not a 15-year sentence. The sentence is detention for life. The minimum term is 15 years. Your release cannot be considered before then. You may never be released. It was reported that Hammersmith and Fulham Council had tried to stop the press from publishing Jonty Bravery's name as he was two months away from his 18th birthday. Their request was denied, and they had spent over £10,000 in the process. A serious case review was undertaken to analyse the care provided to Jonty Bravery and the actions taken by the multiple agencies involved. The case was launched by the local Safeguarding Children Partnership. The report uncovered a number of disturbing incidences. Violent outbursts included bravery hitting someone with a brick, and while he was awaiting trial in Broadmoor, he punched a nursing assistant in the face. Other behaviours included threatening members of the public and contaminating his mother's makeup brushes with feces. He said he wanted to kill his stepmother and sister, but his comments and threats were just seen by carers as attention seeking. Despite all of this, bravery was not considered a risk when the attack at the art gallery took place. The report read. There was no recent evidence that he presented a risk to other children or adults unknown to him. It was in this context that he was progressively given more freedoms, which saw him able to visit central London unaccompanied on the day of the incident. It was noted that a national shortage of staff specialising in complex and high-risk behaviours was a factor in this case. Instead of divulging his real name, the young victim, who was referred to as a little prince by his parents, worked desperately hard alongside his mother and father to regain some of the life he had before the tragedy. Every improvement a victory. In June 2020, a press statement was released, voiced by a representative. Hours and days spent without talking, without moving without eating, away from his home, away from his friends, and away from his family. Since mid-January, our son can eat again, which has been an important turning point for him and for us. Now that the feeding tube doesn't bother him anymore, he can speak a little. He is obviously still very tired, speaks very little, sparing his words, and remains very weak. He is still in a wheelchair today, where splints on his left arm 
and both his legs and spends his days in a corset moulded to his body, sorry, moulded to his waist, sat in his wheelchair. The nights are always extremely difficult. His sleep is very agitated. He is in pain. He wakes up many times and he cries. Months on from the attack, we have been living out of our home, unable to see any loved one apart from those who come to visit our son and unable to spend quality time with our son at Christmas. Everything is constrained by his care and the hospital, as well as the recurring pain our child is suffering from. There are no words to express what we are going through, and even upon rereading the information provided here, we feel that it does not reflect the reality of our situation, nor the difficulties and pain we are currently experiencing. Thank you very much. Over the intervening months was when Jonty Bravery appeared before the court, as the life of the young child he tried to kill slowly improved. In August 2020, the youngster managed to make a fleeting visit from the hospital in France to his home. He could not use the stairs, but he was happy to see his toys again. Early December 2020. Jonty Bravery's appeal against his sentence was heard by Dame Victoria Sharp, President of the Queen's Bench Division. She was sitting with Mr Justice Edith and Mrs Justice Yip. Initially, Bravery's barrister requested her client serve his sentence in a hospital, not a prison before changing tack and arguing that the minimum 15-year term given to Jonty Bravery was excessive. However, Prosecutor Deanna Heer told the three appealed court judges, The act of throwing a six-year-old child over the balcony, in full view of his parents and the public, can in my submission only be accurately described as an offence of exceptional callousness, for which the culpability must be extremely high. The appeal judges agreed with Mrs Justice McGowan and felt that the original sentence was not manifestly excessive or wrong in principle. Not only was Jonty Bravery's appeal dismissed, but another 14 weeks were added for assaulting staff at Broadmoor Hospital while on remand. In the same month, Bravery's appeal was rejected. There was more news about the boy known as Little Prince. In an update, the child's family issued a statement. Despite everything, he continues to make efforts and progress. He begins to walk with a tetrapod cane while we hold him by the back of the coat for balance. He also has less pain so the doctors are able to lower his medication. He tries to do more and more things with his left arm, like holding his tube of toothpaste or his glasses case to close it. He continues to recover his breath. He still speaks very slowly, but now speaks word by word, and no longer syllable by syllable. 
So where are we now? At the beginning of the year, the young boy's parents updated the followers on his GoFundMe page. They announced that Jonty Bravery's appeal had been dismissed and they thanked the UK justice system. They wrote, Although we are now far away from him at great distance, we are extremely relieved to know that he will not be able to end up in a public space and commit new crimes. At the time of recording this podcast, the GoFundMe page has raised €326,196 of a €200,000 goal. Sadly, however, by the middle of August 2021, a further update was posted. Although Jonty Bravery was now behind bars, the boy's physical struggle continued. His parents had to move home, closer to the rehabilitation centre, as he was still unable to climb stairs, and his recovery was taking much longer than expected. A statement concluded, The doctors had warned us there could be periods of low points in the evolution of his rehabilitation. We hope that this will be temporary and that the rest of the holidays will allow our son to increase his strength and energy to better start the school year. Take care of yourself and of those you love. We thank you for your messages and your support. Your help comforts us and gives us courage beyond what you can imagine. Thank you. The Family of the Child Thank you for listening. A special thanks to our new Patreon producer, Ali Hawkins, and everyone who supports us on Patreon. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Apply. See site for details.